I welcome you to River Church this morning in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We are so glad to be here. We've got a word from heaven for you, and we're really grateful that you tuned in. I want to uh, salute Pastor Sunday Guard Joe and Grace Life International in Liberia, Africa. I want to salute you, and we all are in agreement today how wonderful it is that you started your ministry today in a new vein, a greater vein, and we ask God to promote you and increase you. And uh, we're real proud of you. We're so proud of you. But I have a scripture for you there, Pastor. I hope you listen to it. I'll know if you really do listen to these things or not when I go two weeks and I hadn't heard from you. Hallelujah. Uh, this is a common scripture, and everybody would say, well, yeah. But I'm telling you that the, you are to get rid of all fear. You are to live above fear of lack and need. I know that's not your culture, but we also here in America live in a culture that's not much different about God supplying all of our needs. But he did tell me this morning in, in Philippians 4.19 that Sunday Garjo, my God, your God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. And you're not looking to us or some elders or some, somebody to come into your church and start paying the bills. Our Lord Jesus, the supplier of our life, is taking care of you. So uh, uh, look up. Look up. Not, don't look to anyone. If you'll find it where it is, well, the Lord will find a way to get it to you. And that's how that'll be. Amen. Amen. So here at River Church, we'd like for you all to turn with me to the book of Zechariah. Zechariah. That, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait a few minutes for you to find it. It's at the end of the old. I couldn't tell you exactly where, but... There it is, Zechariah. It's on page 822. If you've got a Bible like mine, Joe Morris would say, chapter 8. Chapter 8. It is. What's it? it's, it's there where Habakkuk and Haggai and all uh, 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 Malachi, it's right in there somewhere, so you can find it. Let's talk about some things this morning. Let's, let's stay in touch with who we are and what God wants to do with us. Do y'all know he's got a plan for you? Yeah. He's got a plan for you, and he's got a plan for us. And he's working the plan in you so that it'll all synchronize with the plan for us together. That's how he does families. That's how he does nations. It's how he does churches. He puts the members. The, the word says he sets the members in the body severally as it has pleased him. So you don't get to pick your family. Nobody does. Nobody gets to turn 10 years old and say, okay, it's time to pick uncles and aunts. Brothers and sisters, you know, you, they, <laughs> uh, they tell you this is who you're in. This is your family, and you just have to, you just have to make the best of it. Praise God. But uh, he has a plan for you. And he told me a while ago, he said uh, that he wanted us to be steady and certain in uncertain times. The world is, has got a mix master going through its head. It's just scattered everywhere and nothing is stable. Nothing is, nothing, nothing. There's nothing. The food chain, the buying a car, getting your kids to school, uh, everything has been disrupted. Every, everything. And so you would say, we could say, you would think, 
we're in some crazy times. But I'm telling you, we're not in crazy times. The times we're in are very certain. The Lord has lined them out. He put it in print so we don't have to wonder if our great-grandfather got it right when it was handed down to him and gave it to us. It's in print. It's in the Word. The Lord is so confident of what he's going to do, he put it to the test. In other words, he wrote it down and just said, I wrote it down, see if I won't keep what I wrote down. You know, when you give something orally, you always say, well, I didn't say it just like that. But when it's written down, you've got to be good for it. Are you all here? Yeah. So we are in uncertain times. America's in turmoil a certain amount. And politically speaking, economically speaking, and in the world. And we could just look to every subject, our schools, our jobs, our money. Everything has been attacked and turned upside down. But I live in certain times. I'm in the world, but you know what we aren't? We're not of this world. We're just in it. And we've got to keep our focus on him. I said we've got to keep our focus on the truth. Because the truth is going to set you free. But you take your eyes off of that. If you, take, if you, if you glance to the side, you're going to see nasty. You're going to see a mess. You're going to see trouble. And we just got to keep our eyes on him. He, he's, he's the Jesus of the good times and the uncertain times. The unsteady times. Besides, that's who we are to the world. The whole world, are lo they're losing their mind. They're losing their mind about COVID and about everything. And so our testimony is sometimes not saying, did you know Jesus came for you? He did, and we should. But sometimes it's just being steady in the storm. Just like, what trouble? We don't have any trouble at our house. Well, how's your money? I'm, our money's good. Well, how's your family? My family's good. When nobody else's is, it gets their attention. So the Lord wants to do a work in us. All we have to do is stay normal. Just stay normal. Don't, just don't become what, like someone in the world that's losing their mind. Just stay normal. So it says in Zechariah chapter 8, this is not my message this morning, but this is what he gave me. Uh, late yesterday evening, and I said I would uh, bring it to you. It says in verse 20, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, it shall, it shall yet come to pass that there shall come people and the inhabitants of many cities. So he's prophesying, isn't he? He's a minor prophet. And the inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us go speedily to pray before the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts, I will go also. Yea, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. Here it is, verse 23. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, In those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you. For we have heard that God is with you. Now, obviously, we're not Jews, but uh, we're God's people. And that's what he was talking about there. The, the word talks about uh, the tribe of Issachar, that the, the people of Issachar, that tribe, knew, knew the times. They, they were insightful of the times that were coming. So God has a reputation and God has a history. Listen. He has a reputation, not everywhere, but he certainly has a history of taking insignificant things 
and doing the impossible. Taking insignificant things, like I was just talking about a while ago, about who we are. Well, we, who's a seed? You can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in a seed. There's, it's indeterminable. A seed will just plant many trees, which will have many apples, which will each have many seeds. It's just innumerable. So God has a reputation. He has a history and a reputation for taking the insignificant. Here am I, send me, Lord. And doing something amazing, something impossible, resulting in surprises. Surprising us and surprising others. We read testimonies because sometimes yours and my little track did not evis it did not come up with the testimony, but somebody did. Somebody out there has something amazing has happened, and it's all the time. So we ought to hear. Because a testimony is simply saying, God saying, I want to do it again. I did it over here. Why wouldn't I do it with you? In verse, uh, verse 23 in the TEV, today's English version, I think, it says, In those days, ten foreigners will come to one Jew and say, Listen, listen, we want to share in your destiny because we have heard that God is with you. Now, just think about your your circle, where you run, the people you know, your family or whatever. The one, they may, you may go to church here, you may have got a little testimony there and they're all praise the Lord. But truly, God wants people to know that God's on your side. It says, in, in, in matter of fact, in the CEV, the century, Y'all just trust me, C-E-V. I, I, I look it up. I, I know where it is, but I just don't write it down. It says, uh, they said, we've heard that God is on your side. Say my side. my side. We've heard that God is on your side. Well, there has to be evidence. Because, you know, people aren't coming and saying, is God on your side? Oh, yeah, well, we've heard God's on your side. No, there's a demonstration. There's evidence. The Taylor version says... In verse 23, please be my friend, for I know God is with you. Please be my friend. How powerful is that? The basic English says, we will go with you, for it has come to our ears that God is with you. We will go with you, for we have heard God is with you. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you something, family. We glow in the dark. We glow in the dark. Our light shines. Our salt is salty. There's, there's an aroma, a fragrance about us, a savor that people notice. And especially now in these uncertain times, we're steady. Well, I'm casting out devils and I'm moving mountains and I'm this and another. Well, I'm glad and we ought to and that's part of it. But a lot of times we're just steady in an unsteady and uncertain time. It's like people ask me all the time, well, you know, what about the COVID? What about you and the COVID? And what about this, that, and the other? And, you know, you, you're just steady. You're not flittering. You're not wiped out. Hallelujah. So I summarize these four translations, one, two, three, four, five translations, 
And I came up, I took the key words out of all of them. And this is what verse 23 says. It says, please be my friend to share in your destiny because we have heard that God is with you and on your side. Please be my friend. This is what people are saying to you. Please be my friend to share in your destiny because we have heard that God is with you and he is on your side. I want to remind y'all, your light is shining. Someone's watching you at all times. We don't like to slip. We don't like to make mistakes. We don't like to fail. And increasingly so, more and more, we're, we're, we're grounded and rooted in who we are. And we don't slip and fail. But I'm telling you, somebody's watching. The bad stuff, they're looking for bad stuff. They're looking for you to fail. They, if you'll fail then they don't feel bad for not loving God and failing. Revival, here's, here's my opening. Revival is not waiting on the waters to be stirred by an angel. Y'all remember that story? Yeah. I think it's in John, maybe John chapter 5, uh, where the Bible says a man that had been laying there 38 years, he was waiting for an angel to stir the waters, because he would come down and the first one to get into the waters would be healed. And he complained to the Lord Jesus that somebody else has somebody to put them in and they get it before him and he never gets it. And so a lot of people are waiting on revival right now. A move of God. Let's say a move of God. A move of God. Amen. A move of God. They're waiting on the waters to be stirred. In other words, it comes from out here. That God is opening up and at his appointed time, he's going to throw down. I, I just wonder about that. I wonder why the Lord just doesn't love us enough to do it now. What, what, what is he saying, I have this appointed time? That, that sounds kind of like he's not finished or like he didn't do a good job or like uh, it's an unfinished work, what he did, and he's, he's working on it. I'm, I'm modifying this thing. I'm getting you an upgrade here. And, and when I get it done, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a revival in the earth. I, I, I just don't, I don't believe that. I believe it's all totally 100% on me. I believe if I want to be revived and want to have a move of God in my life, I can. I'm not waiting. I'm not saying, well, when the waters are stirred, I'm saying right now. So, but if you're waiting, if, you're, if, you, if you think there's something coming, and we don't even know what that'd look like, we assume that'll look like signs and wonders. Well, yea, verily, it ought to. We would say that looks like prophesying, and that looks like uh, uh, Azusa Street. That would be a good way to look at it, or the, the healing revival of the, uh, of the 40s late, and 50s. We'd say, that looks like it. Or we could say Brownsville. That, there was a breakout down there. And uh, things happened. Pensacola, I guess that's Brownsville. And then uh, down in Florida. We'd say, we got a little dab of it, but then God must, God must have pulled back and said, enough of that. I'm just giving you all a taste. I, I personally don't believe it. Some people argue about the rapture. Don't argue about the rapture. Is it coming pre, mid, or post? Because it doesn't matter what you believe. It is what it is. It's going to happen just like the Word says it is. And if you and I miss it, it doesn't matter. We're going to go out the first trip, and we're good. 
And you, you, you can't say, well, I don't want to miss it, so i got to believe right. Ah, you won't miss it if you don't believe anything. I have beliefs about it. I think it's going to happen a certain way, but it doesn't matter. So the same thing. Revival is not waiting on the waters to be stirred. It's right now. And that's, that's the message Jesus had to that man. said, well, it does happen when an angel comes, but you don't have to. And we can wait on a revival, and we can go over here and we can go over there. We can wait for somebody to get it started. We can wait for pastor to get turned on, send him somewhere where they have it, and he'll come back and bring it. And that is right, and that is good. That's, we ought to bring it. But don't blame anybody if you're not having revival, a move of God in your life. Uh, so what I'm doing, I hope you're doing, I hope you understand what the big picture is here at River Church, is we're enlarging our capacity today so we can hold anything that breaks out tomorrow. Now we say, kind of comically, but we, I say, River Church, we're ready for the president of the University of Alabama, which I don't even know who he is, doesn't matter, but just using him for an example. We would never have someone like that come into our door, Coach Saban, Coach, anybody, anybody that you think, oh my word, look at who's here. And we'd go home and say, man, if I'd known he was coming, we would have done this or that or that or more or whatever. We would have done it different. I, we're on full tilt right now. This is it. We're doing all that we can do, believe in God, and we're clean, we're neat, we're excellent, we're, we're everything that we can do, we're doing. So if anybody comes in, as far as I'm concerned, it's good enough. Brother Copeland walks in, this is us. And we're not embarrassed, we're not ashamed. This is us, and it's excellent, and it's pleasing to God, and it's where we are, and we don't even know if we want to go anywhere else. Well, if we could just get where the stained glass is, we'd just get where there's a steeple, just get where there's pews or whatever, I, you might not have any more move of God than you have right here. So it's not that. We're not waiting on those things. We're waiting on a personal move of God. Dr. Cole always says that we minister for results, not for reaction. Now think about that for a minute. If you have to have a reaction, if I have to have a reaction from you, River Church, for every good, good, and timely, and effective message I preach, I will go home and say, boy, that must have been a dud because nobody reacted. But I know that's not true. We have results. Y'all just keep coming back, and we just keep on... So we're not ministering for reaction. And we're not ministering for action that we could please somebody in our facility. Here we are with what we've got and our arrangement and, you know, what this, that, and the other. We're good. Now, two things I think are necessary, and, I, and then I'll move back to my message. How'd the clock move? Barry, stay off the clock, please. There's two things that I think that are necessary for us to have a river church and a Alabama and a revival in the world. But they're, they're, you may say, this isn't right, we gotta have signs and wonders. Those things will come, but that's not what brings them. I can tell you when you get people healed, many times, many times, listen, this is disappointing in some ways, but you get them healed. They, they've been sick, they've been on the deathbed, they are at the edge of, of death, or great troubles, 
and you, we did it in our healing center. You lay hands on them, you speak to it, and they get healed. Oh, it just, it happened. They come back, you hear, you hear from two weeks later, the doctor said, where have you been? You are totally set free. And we had that all the time. So you go, well, these people are going to come where the good stuff is. They're, they're, they figured it out that it, where I am is not where they are. We're, we're going to come over there to River Church. It just, it just, that's not the way it works. So you can't say, well, we'll have signs and wonders and we'll have a revival. What we do is get the other things in place. And when the people are here for the right reason or for the real reason, then signs and wonders will break out to take care of us. So wherever we go in the grocery store or uh, Melissa runs and walks and whatever she does, she's always in motion. Other people are like that, but you've got you to take the revival with you. But we're waiting. No, we're not waiting. It is here. It is here. It is here right now. So two things, I think. And one of them you're not going to particularly, you may not like either of them. But I think there are two elements, and that's what I'm working on. The first one is, see if you agree with me, our culture, the American culture, probably everywhere, does not believe they're cynical about everyday men being spiritual. Our sitcoms and our shows or movies all reflect a weak confused and clueless man. We've been mocked and ridiculed. And if you go out there and meet a few of these men, you go, wow, I see where they got that script. Because a lot of men are just, they're, they're chowderheads. They're just dodo brains. They're, they're vacuumed in the, sense of, in the sense of how they face life. They just let the little woman take care of it. And they'll just say, you know, how many times? And I don't want to get on to anybody here. But how many times do I see a family go out to eat and, uh, and she steps up and pays? Now, there may, there's, I'm not saying there's not arrangements. I'm not saying everything. But I, over and over, she's in charge of everything because he can't be. He won't be. So I believe that revival is going to have one element in it. It's going to be spiritual, everyday men. Now, we all know about Oral Roberts and Billy Graham and Kenneth. We all know about the great men, and we're not disparaging them. And there's been some great women, although our culture has not allowed much of that. But everyday men are a joke in our culture. We've got to change that. I think it'll be a sign and a wonder. I think when you and I, everyday men, when we have signs and wonders in our life, a confidence, a boldness, a, a willingness to just say, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. I won't, you know, honey, do, or, do we have Thursday open so we can do something amazing? No, it's just like, they make the decisions. Now, I'm, I may, you may take any one little thing I say here and say, well, that's not right, but if you get the heart of it, you'll know I'm telling the truth. And the other thing that I find that is contradictory to the revival, the move of God, is that all Christians, and I, I'm putting all in almost all, believe that nobody can get healed without help. 
that everybody, if you get sick, you have to have help. And it's true. The word tells us to get help. Is there any sick among you? They shall lay hands on the sick. Uh, anointing with oil. All the things that says somebody else is involved. Hoo-hoo. We ought to be about the Father's business. But a church has never heard of, does not even go there, that people could come under attack physically or emotionally, and they could, get, they could shake it off like that viper in Acts 28. Shake it off by themselves. And they get on the prayer chain. They get on all night prayer. Y'all come down here and Betty Sue, you know, she's going to, she's going to die if we don't all get in there. Well, yay. We're not discounting that. That's all good and right. But what would happen if a people could also get their miracle by themselves? It's just unheard of. Think about it. Nobody, nobody, nobody. I mean, even great men that I just mentioned many times couldn't get it on their own. I'll probably get in trouble for that one. So I believe that we cannot have a true move of God without spiritual men, or we cannot have one with worldly men and needy believers. Did I lose you? I, I don't believe we'll have the move of God that you're looking for, that I'm looking for, to say these things are happening, people are coming in, the word is setting them free, all that. I don't believe it'll give her... What happened to Brownsville Revival? What happened to uh, Azusa? It all burned out. It didn't sustain itself. Why is that? Well, because we had, we had uh, worldly men... They say in the ministry, they tell you, be careful. Don't touch the, glo the gold, the go glory, or the girls. And you know what happens? They all do. Almost all of them do. And it wipes them out. We need some men that aren't worldly. You go, well, th 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 they'll be an apostle if they're not worldly. Well, that's the key right there is we need regular folks that are just like, bless God, I'm, I'm not worldly. I don't, I'm not going to the nations and proclaiming. It's every day. It's like this is who we are in Christ Jesus. And that we don't, we're not needy believers. You know, I just got off the phone with the doctor, and so I'm calling the prayer chain because I, I, we got to have help, and we got to have it now. Maybe you do need help, and maybe, you know, it'll, that's how it'll play, and it, yay, get, it, get healed or get delivered, whatever. But it ought to not be our first run-to where we just go, oh, my God, I'm by myself, and the devil's attacked, and I'm going to be eaten alive if I don't get the saints all in unison. Come off of whatever you're doing and come help me. We should, but that shouldn't be a thing where we are losing our mind because we've got a prognosis, and we just automatically go, uh, they've diagnosed me with this, and I'm going to die if you don't pray. I know this is lofty. I know this is, like, even theatrical to think that we could be that way, but that's what we should be. We should not set our dream and our goal that we only can get healed by other people and that we just have to put up with 
a few men, a few men in a church that can pass the plate. We always get a man to pass the plate or, or whatever. It ought to be like this church is full of men that could step into anybody's pulpit in town. And just they'd all. That's one thing I like about Bethel Church in California is that they have on staff people that could all have each one of them have a great ministry on their own. They got people on staff that you go, they could do it on their own. They're awesome. They're wonderful. But they said, you know, we're going to we're going to be on staff. We're going to be maybe even under somebody, the senior pastor, and we're going to work together. It's so, so hard for people to be the associate pastor. Because it's like, if I'm called, I'm the big dog. I so wanted to be the associate to somebody. I so, all my life, I've wanted to be the number two guy. I've asked God for it many a time. Let me help. I'm a helper. And he never would. He never opened that door. So here I am. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We should go like Zechariah said. We should demonstrate that God is with us. That's really where I'm going with all this. We should demonstrate God is with us. Well, how are you going to do that? I, I'm taking the car to the shop or I'm going grocery shopping or, or whatever. They ought to know that God is with us. Not because you're weird and you're just standing up in the grocery store preaching to everybody in the aisle and that's how they know you're with God. There ought to be a sense like John G. Finney. John G. Finney? John? Brother Finney. <laughs> you know, he had so much power on him that he would go into train cars and they would just fall out under the power and they would repent and get saved. Wow. And he just, he just was walking to his seat. Is that right? Am I telling that right? And we like, okay, that's pretty lofty. It's, it's not like you have to be anything except focused. You just got to want it. The Lord will give you anything you want, but you got to want it first. You can't just be a casual observer and says, well, if it comes, we'll deal with it. If it comes, we'll do it. That's why it doesn't come, and that's why we don't have it. It's because we're just saying, if it comes, I'll deal with it. We ought to say, bless God, I'm 68 years old. I'm going to do something with my life like I just got started. Or if you're 50 or if you're whatever you are, you ought to say, hey, this is my best time. And I do say that to myself. This is my finest hour. I finally know something to say that somebody might want to listen to. I finally figured out that uh, pleasing other people is not something I should be molded by. I ought to go out and lay hands on something and declare it. And if they all make fun of me, it's like... I'm way past that. Who cares what people think? If, if you hadn't got past that yet, you're still a child. You're still, you're still little in the kingdom. We don't care what people think. That's where the amen goes. Amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> ah, yay. Oh. Well, I was, I was concerned that I'd get right here between. I'd get that little message out. And wouldn't have time for my other message. <laughs> ah. God has a history and a reputation for taking the insignificant and doing the impossible. I, I want that. 
I, 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 want, I want that in my life. I want to go to heaven. And the Lord just says, well, you drones and ordinary and regular and unbold and, and, uh, and scaredy, scaredy cat people, y'all get in this line and you're, you guys that jumped out of the boat and walked on the water, you come over here. I, I, I so want to be in that line. I so want to be at the right place at the right time. I so want to make my life count. I mean, I love my grand sugars and I love the, the, the finer things of life and I love eating ice cream and, you know, the finer things and all that. The good stuff, yeah, as much as anybody. But that's, that's not what consumes my life. People call me and say, well, I just didn't want to call you because I knew you were busy. It's not offensive, but it's, it's wrong because, of course, I'm busy. Until you call, I'm busy. But people are everything. I'm not ever doing anything that's in front of people. I hadn't got anything in my life that I can't put down. And if I do, we put it down forever. Just throw that in the trash because I had a thought. I, I hope they don't call or and I don't have to go because, of course, I'm busy. You're busy until somebody calls and says, help me. And suddenly... That's what we're called to do. We're here for people. Somebody was here for you. Everybody in here got born again with some help. That I know, everybody's story in here was not like, well, I just found a Bible in the hotel and read scripture and got saved. Yay, if you did. But most all of us got born again, got spirit-filled. Got spirit-filled, had to have some help. Because there's a tradition, there's a, there's a, culture out there that uh, that's against that well we ought to break through the signs and wonders culture we're, we're, we're not going after the signs and wonders but when we go after people that's what it's going to take to minister to them they say the Chinese do not talk about the gifts of the spirit they talk about people and how much Jesus loves them then when they run into them, signs and wonders is what that love looks like, that care for people. It's like, you have this need, Jesus loves you, bang. You just lay hands on them and then he does it. Wake up, River Church. Wake up, the mighty men. I'm real proud of the men in this church. I'm real proud. I'm real proud of Sunday Guard Joe. Uh, young man, 37 years old, and just has no experience, has no pattern, has no uh, precedent in his life. And he's doing something that's never been done in his nation. And it was all just because Pastor West and I said, we'll help. River Church will help. We'll help. How could you take a nation for the money that we've gathered up and sent. I'm going to send some more this afternoon because I want him. They don't have current. They need $200 to buy current. Wow. I think they ought to have current, don't you? Yeah. How, how are you going to play that keyboard and, and uh, yeah, run that amp without current? Well, they say the current is so unreliable over there that it's it's just come and go. And I've been to Russia, and I understand that. So they want a generator, too. 
It's okay. Is he going to take a Mongo one? No, it just takes a little one just to run an amp and a, you know, it's not like they're trying to crank out, you know, and they need to run the lights. Ah, I, I think we ought to help. It cost more than they thought because they ran into some things like the whole world has. I like to get behind somebody that's just stepping out of the boat. Jesus said, come. Lord, if that be you, bid me come. And that's what he's asking you and me. We should say, Lord, if that's you, if that's you talking to me about stepping out of the boat in my own life, of ministering to people, taking the, the, the things that we think every American should have in their life, or you've got to have this and you've got to be that, and just saying, only if I'm ministering to people. I need that to go help people, well, then bless God, we'll get it. Sunday Guard Joe's going to need a car someday, I guess. If you're taking the whole nation of Liberia, don't you need a car? Yeah. Probably. But until then, he's got a cab or whatever they call those over there. I'm so proud of y'all, River Church, for helping him. But great is the reward. Because we didn't do it because he's beseeching us or there's a great film that we watched where people are dying and crying and all that. Nope, he just wants to go start a church. And we could help him. So we did. We did. So I'm going to send him some money this afternoon. Does that be all right with y'all? So out of River Church. We've sowed a bunch. Not, not like, not like uh, Grace Life, but we've... Amen. Well, I'm going to quit with that. How about that? That's a sign and a wonder right there. You get <laughs> it's like, what's he doing that for? I am enlarging my capacity today to be able to hold more tomorrow. That's what I wrote down. I'm enlarging my I'm stretching. The first prophetic word I ever got in my life was, God... I mean, it was the first one. I, I was a farmer. And he said, I'm going to stretch your faith in some seemingly painful ways. Well, we went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my word. <laughs> ah, that was in 1980. And uh, uh, I'm going to stretch your faith. Well, I want my faith stretched, y'all. Because I've already tapped. Now, listen, I've already tapped out this level here. Whatever level you're, you're in, we've all mastered it. And you could rest there. You could say, good enough, good enough. But there's more. You remember when they, they, they told you you need the Holy Ghost and you went, I don't need the Holy Ghost. What's that good for? And this, that, and the other. And you argued about it from this side of the Holy Ghost. But when you finally got it and got on the other side, you looked back and said, wow, I needed that. I had to have that. I, what was I, how was I that? And so we need to be that way about our lives right now, is we need to just say, well, you know, good enough. I finally got my car paid for or got my whatever, you know, it's, it's all good. It's better than it's ever been. But we need to get on the other side and say, well, what was I thinking that I wasn't pursuing God for these other things? Amen. Well, we bless you, Sunday Guard Joe. Didn't mean to talk about you this morning, but we're excited. We're excited about you, and we're excited about the kingdom. And you're not the last thing that River Church is going to do. 
You're just the first thing. Because we're all about people. Amen.